we said. The Press Box. Back with another episode of the Press Box Podcast. I'm Mike Grace for my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, offering up just a sample of what you hear every day on our radio show, The Press Box, heard on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. Go there, check the affiliates page to find the station nearest you. The episodes page where you can hear the show on demand, hour by hour, all the way back to the very first hour of the program. Or simply find and press the little green listen button, and you can hear The Press Box anytime, 20 We have a chance to talk to some great guests. And today, one of the most legendary guys we've ever spoken to, Dale Hansen, longtime sports director for WFAA in Dallas. This is the guy who not only broke, but continued to break the story and tell the story of the SMU pay-for-play scandal back in the mid-'80s. It resulted in the SMU football program receiving the first and only death penalty and how that impacted college football and the landscape of Dallas. Well, nobody knows it better than Dale Hansen, who told us that story. There's so many things we could talk to. The guy's been in Dallas for 38 years. So where do you start when you talk to Dallas's own Dale Hansen? Dale, there's so many different things we could ask you about. We, we talked about, uh, it could it be the Cowboys and, and back when Jerry Jones first bought the franchise, something about the SMU case. I think what Chris wanted to know was, was, was Sue Ellen Ewing really as attractive as he thought she was? Can, can you help us with that? <laughs> well, actually, in, in her day, by golly, in her day, she absolutely was. <laughs> it, it was we were more Victoria Principal. Uh, there is no doubt. So. Well, yeah, yeah, you're probably right about that as well. But, uh, you know, that show, that show actually, I think, played a pretty big role in, in my start in Dallas because I, I was first brought to Dallas at the CBS affiliate at that time. And, and, and riding the wave of, of the success of that show, Dallas, I think, really did play a role in, in getting a little attention thrown my way and, and the station that I was working at because. The station I've been at now for the past 38 years had, had been the dominant number one station. And, and thanks to uh, thanks to the popularity of the show Dallas, uh, I, I think it helped our news team uh, at, at that time uh, garner a little attention. And we were off and running. Dale Hansen, legendary sportscaster, is inside the press box with us today. Uh, Dale, it's J.D. here. I'm, I'm down in Mobile. I want to say in the 30 for 30, some of the setup, some of the scene set that put it into time context on that story about SMU and, and the scandal that broke that ended with the death penalty for the Mustangs was that it did kind of set up the show Dallas and why that show was timely. It was the boom of the oil business. Everybody had money and lots of it. And so people were able to shell out disposable income, but sometimes not in such a legal uh, manner kind of take us back to that time in and around Dallas and the oil business and how this all came to be and, and what exactly happened for those who were kind of, you know, on the edge of what actually happened at SMU? Well, I, I think I think you've, you've uh, described it perfectly. I mean, there was so much, especially in Texas, but, but other places as well. Uh, I mean, you know, Texas and SMU in particular weren't the only ones involved in the in the uh, uh, play for pay scandal back in the day. But but I do think it was driven in, in large part because of all that excess income that so many people had, and they were willing to spend it and and pay the players. And uh, it, it was a classic case that, as I've said many times, I hated the fact that that story had to be told. Uh, I, I really do. But at the same time, I'm incredibly proud that we were the ones who told it. And 
since that time, I mean, it's been more than 30 years, and I still have people com- on the one hand complaining about it, and, and obviously, as in your case, uh, talking about the fact of remembering the work that we did uh, back then, 1986, 1987. Uh, but at the same time, some of the star players on that football team were then and still are story. And then you flip it around just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Bob Costas was uh, going to be on the, they have a thing called the SMU athletic forum and, and they bring in um, uh, some of the biggest sports celebrities of the country, uh, you know, for like a luncheon and an interview process, Bob was going to do it on zoom instead of coming in in person. And he wanted me to interview him, uh, you know, on, on the, uh, on the, for the format and SMU school officials wouldn't let him do it because as they told him, uh, we don't like Dale Hansen for what he did to us 30 years ago. Oh. Uh, so they're still haunted by it, and they still carry a big grudge about it. But uh, uh, I, I'm still I'm still pretty proud of the journalistic work that we did. I, I, I hated that the story was true, but it absolutely was true, and it needed to be exposed, and we did it. Dale, this is Chris Stewart in, in Birmingham. And would it be safe to say that the different angles you had to take with that story – as a reporter, not just from a sports angle, but when you've got the governor of the state helping to spearhead all of this, that it broadens your career beyond just here are the scores for the night? Oh, there's no question. Uh, I mean, as I've said, and, and I, I will be saying in, in my farewell address, if you will, in, in uh, September, uh, it, it changed who I am. I started in television in Omaha, Nebraska in 1977. And uh, uh, I, I heard your, your little promo there at the beginning. You know, I, I do think Nick Saban is probably far and away the best college coach ever. But Tom Osborne is right up there with it. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Tom Osborne fan. And I was and I was a bigger Nebraska fan. So I, I was somewhat your typical cheerleader of, of, of the late 70s, the sportscaster who's getting all excited about the local team winning games. I used to go to Nebraska games wearing my white sweater and my red pants, and I'm jumping around in the press box, and uh, I'm loving the trips to Miami for the Orange Bowl and all the rest of it. And I was somewhat the same guy when I came to Dallas in 1980 uh, covering the Cowboys. The Cowboys were really good when I came here uh, in the early 80s. And I think it was this whole combination. The Cowboys started getting bad in 84, 85, 86, 87. Then I see the blatant cheating that SMU was doing that that enabled them to be as successful as they were. I did that story. A lot of people respected it. A lot of people appreciated the integrity of the journalistic uh, uh, style that we were doing that covered the story. And at the same time, so many people, I mean, I was getting death threats. I, I had a, a box delivered to my office with a huge, I don't know if it was a crow or what exactly it was, but it was a huge black bird. The neck was strangled and there was a note pinned to the chest, uh, to the chest of the bird. And it said, Hey, Hanson, you're next. And wow. that kind of a reaction from so many sane or what I perceived to be sane people really turned me off on that cheerleader aspect of sports. And unfortunately, in many ways, I, I, I've never been that same guy. I, 
my professional life changed drastically. Uh, quite honestly, my personal life changed um, in how I view sports. And um, I think it changed me for the better. I, I think the fact that I've been I've been able to to be in Dallas and be as successful as as uh, we have been with the Channel Eight uh, uh, Sports Department, I think proves I've made the right decision. But um, uh, you know, at the same time, I, I do kind of miss those cheerleading days. I mean, I, I really do. It, it, it was a lot more fun, quite honestly, back then um, than it has been. But but I I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything. I I, I think I've done it the right way. At least I, at least I've tried to do it the right way. Well, the resume says you did. Peabody Award winner among a laundry yes. list that we could we could run through. Uh, go ahead, take your time. time. <laughs> go, go <ahead. laughs> I, I don't. You don't want to brag, but you'd love it if we did. I understand. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. I tell you the thing that I've, I've got a picture on my wall, and I see it almost the first thing every morning when I go into my office to check my computer and all that other nonsense. Uh, we for that SMU investigation, we received the uh, Dupont Columbia Award. I, I flew to New York City. I'm at Columbia University, and, and Bill Moyers introduces me. It was it was a huge banquet. It was carried on on uh, on, on national uh, public television, and and Bill Moyers gives me the most incredible introduction, and I've never forgotten it. And he's telling this audience of of, of some of the most successful and powerful journalist in the country at the time that if you're not from Texas, you really don't understand the impact of the story that this man did uh, because attacking is, and it's, I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing in Alabama, you know, football, college football at that time, SMU was incredibly p- p- powerful. You know, it's like attacking religion. I mean, it's like attacking the, uh, oh, yeah. the church. I mean, it's, it's big. I mean, it's huge. Uh, some people around the country thought, oh, big deal. He brought down a football team. Well, no, in Texas, uh, much like Alabama. Um, and I'll give you another example of this. We had a player at TCU during all of these different investigations we did said that he was offered a lot of money to uh, to play football at Nebraska. I called a couple of reporter friends of mine in Omaha and told them that I had this story and I had the interview with Kenny Davis, who was a former running back at TCU. And every one of them said to me, what, what do you expect us to do with? Hmm. Hey, Dale, you, you used to work here because that was you know, my first job. I said, right. we're not interested in that story. And they didn't do it. Nobody ever, nobody in Omaha ever ran the story uh, connecting Kenny Davis. And, and it was a, a, a supposedly a, an old rancher guy in western Nebraska that was paying players and uh, – I confirmed it later, but nobody ever really ran with it. And I think that's true at most uh, most places around the country. So when when Bill Boyers introduced me, Tom Brokaw and Ted Koppel, the former anchor of Nightlight, are sitting in the background applauding as I come up to pick up the award. And I and I I always just look at that picture and I was young and I had I had a thick head of hair and I, I you know I, I was skinny and, and I looked at that picture and I'm like Man, I am in a whole new place now that I never thought I would be, and uh, and I've never forgotten that. It was an incredible. T- it was an incredible moment. So, in, in, instead of investigative reporter, I want to get you to put your analyst hat on for a moment. You talked about yeah. being from Nebraska and a fan there. You've also worked in Texas for, for for almost forty years. Can Texas and Nebraska ever be what Texas and Nebraska once were? 
I think Texas can. Um, I, I, I've, I've got my serious doubts about Nebraska. I thought when they hired uh, uh, Scott Frost that, that, that that would do it. I mean, uh, he, he's so incredibly popular when they brought him back. He seems like the right guy in so many ways. He he, he did some incredible stuff when he was coaching in Florida. Um, but he hasn't been able to turn it back around the way I actually thought he would. The problem that, I, that I've always said, and it was true at Oklahoma a, a, a few years back, when when uh, Barry Switzer left, they went into the wilderness for a long time. And after Tom Osborne left, they, they started to slide into the wilderness. And my attitude was, how are you going to get a young, talented athlete to spend their winters in Lincoln, Nebraska? I mean, it, it, who wants to live in Lincoln, Nebraska in the wintertime? And I think, unfortunately, that's, that's proven to be true. The thing that's hard to break, I mean, you know, and Alabama went through this. They went through several different coaches. Then Nick Saban turned it around. And next thing you know, everybody wants to go to Alabama. And and now Oklahoma, of course, has been really good when Bob Stoops came along in 2000 after like 10 years of of, 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 uh, of horrible football. They started winning. Now all the, the great talent in Texas decided, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to go back to Oklahoma and play because it's, it's really good. Young kids, I think, more than anything else, they want to play for a winner. They want to be on a winning football team. And and it's hard to break that cycle. I think Texas has enough of an appeal. I think Texas is enough, is enough of a national name that if they could just find that one quick turn-on kid or or that one big winning season, I think Texas will be just fine. Much like Nick Saban and Alabama were able to do. Once they started winning, Saban is pretty much able to just pick and choose who he wants. And the talent level just keeps coming and it just keeps coming. I think Texas will recover someday. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to live long enough to see Nebraska recover. Cause I, I, I think that's, that's a, that's a long walk that, that they may not be able to make. Dale Hansen is inside the press box with us. He's going to hang it up in September after 38 stellar, remarkable award-winning years at WFAA in Dallas, uh, originally hired with a 13-week contract, and now what a career. Uh, broke the SMU story, but what a, you know, I, I don't think a lot of folks know they, they immediately attach you outside of the state of Texas with that hard-hitting, riveting piece, but yet you're a lot like us on this show. You like the laugh. You like the lighter side of sports. You like that. I, I wanted to ask you, though, because this is hard-hitting, and I think you've probably followed it and has some of the same storylines. I'd love to get your input. Based on what happened in the 80s there and what is scandalous happened at other programs, I'd like to hear your input on LSU, what's happening in Baton Rouge, uh, you know, with, with a former coach, with former players, the current head coach, a president who even moved on and lost his job out in Oregon. Do, do you see a good end for LSU and all of what's happening right now in Baton Rouge? Not really, but you know, th- this is this is one of the reasons that it really is time for me to go, um, uh, because of just what you're talking about, and, and and these kind of stories and these kind of issues just keep popping up all over the country. And I, I tell you, I'm just tired of it. I'm I'm just absolutely tired of it. This is on the one hand, I think it caused me, it, it changed me, as I said earlier, it changed me a great deal. Because it, as you point out, I do like to laugh. I, I do like to have fun. I sports is just a game to me. Even prior uh, to the SMU story, as big a fan as I was of Nebraska uh, and and a huge fan of the Cowboys when I started in 1980, 
the winning and losing for some reason has never really bothered me that much. I, I, I love the, the theater of, of a good football game. I, I love the drama. I love the excitement. But, but at the end of a game, you know, I, I, I really just don't care who wins or loses. And yet when I see this obsession and I see that dark underbelly side of, of everything, you know, the, the, the academic scandals bother me every bit as much as the, as the money scandals do, quite honestly. And I see these people getting dragged into their, you know, losing their integrity, losing their character, uh, lying and cheating to win a to win a football game or a basketball game that that I would hope for the most part they would never do in their private lives. Um, it, it just offends me. Once you start down that slippery slope, as we've seen at so many institutions. Um, yeah, it's really hard to put it all back together. I mean, obviously, I haven't followed the SMU or the LSU situation uh, as closely as maybe I should have because uh, we're kind of glommed on to just you know covering Texas sports. But uh, it, it, it's a mess. I mean, it, it's and again, there's there's an example. You look when Orgeron came in, they weren't any good. Here comes Joe Burrow transferring. Uh, obviously, Ohio State didn't think they had that much in Joe Burrow. Well, he did a pretty good job at LSU. Uh, now they bring in Kim Mulkey to coach their women's basketball team. Uh, maybe she'll straighten that the, the, their basketball out. But it, it just it it, it all just kind of feeds on itself. And it's like I was talking about with Nebraska. When it starts going bad, it's really hard to stop it. Mm. And at the same time, it's really harder to bring it back to where it used to be. Uh, and I don't know how they're going to fix all the problems they're dealing with now. He is Dale Hansen, longtime sports director, WFAA in Dallas. Uh, again, so many great things. Retiring at, uh, again in September, a veteran of the Vietnam War. Uh, Dale, thank you for your service, sir. That, that, that's something I know that means a lot to a lot of people. Well, it, it, except for the people who, who know my military service, quite honestly. <laughs> I, 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 I serve. I, let me just clarify something because people always, I think I think with Don Lemon on, on a CNN show that started this. I served in the Navy in the, in the late sixties and it was at the height of the Vietnam war. I was not in Vietnam and uh, I had my best friend was killed in Vietnam. My, my high school basketball or baseball buddy. Uh, I think maybe the greatest third baseman I've ever seen play baseball. Uh, but he was also the slowest man on the planet earth. And, uh, uh, we were sitting in my dad's driveway. We were drinking a beer. We were 17 years old. This is another thing I've never gotten over in my life. I've, I've, I've seriously never gotten over this. Carol Meyer was his name. He taps on my window. He wakes me up late at night. He's got a six pack of beer. We're sitting in my dad's driveway in Logan, Iowa. And Carol looks at me and said, well, I wanted to say goodbye because I'm never going to see you again. And I said, well, this is ridiculous. What are you talking about? He said, well, now I'm, I'm headed off to the army. You're going to the Navy and uh, this is it. And I said, Carol, we're going to come back. We're going to coach little league baseball together. Uh, you're, you're, you're probably going to take over your dad's gas station. I'm going to take over my dad's trucking company. We're going to live in Logan, Iowa. And we're going to be best friends forever. And I'll never forget this. Carol looks at me. He said, Dale, because again, one of the greatest baseball players I've ever seen, but the slowest man who ever walked the planet earth. <laughs> he hit about 490 his senior year in high school baseball. And the right fielder threw him out about a half a dozen times. He would hit it so hard, and he was so slow, the right fielder would pick it up and throw him out at first base. And Carol looks at me and said, Dale, if I can't outrun a base hit to right field, 
how am I ever going to outrun a bullet in, in Vietnam? Oh, man. Oh. And Carol, Carol ended up going to Vietnam, and he wasn't in that country about six weeks. And someone shot him right between the eyes. Wow. And, mm-hmm. As I said, so I, I, I go off to the Navy, quite honestly, hoping to avoid Vietnam, and, and I was fortunate enough I did. And that whole combination of the Vietnam War and what happened to Carol, I have a great deal of respect for people who, who devote their lives to the military. As do we, uh, sir. As do we. Dale, can't yeah, thank yeah, you enough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing what these young men and women do. And we couldn't agree with you more. Dale Hansen, Sports Director, WFAA Dallas, retiring on September 2nd. Our thanks so much to him for joining us here inside the Press Box. The Press Box podcast available on both Apple and Google Podcasts, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Would you share that info with a friend? Ask them to subscribe so they can hear the show just like you every day. It's Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one for the Press Box podcast. For my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, have a great day. Mike Grace from the Press Box.